Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, this is not a test. This is not a test. This is an emergency. I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Joining me today on this emergency, I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Diary of a Mad Fan Game 7, the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to take on the Indiana Pacers. Joining me today, Steven Jackson, Stax, the Trillist, El Capitan, NBA champion, Brian Scalabrini, a.k.a. the White Mamba, Deshaun Stevenson, champion with the Dallas Mavericks, big shot maker, big shot taker, and bowls like steel, and my main man straight out of Jersey, Al Harrington. It's an emergency podcast. I am going to walk you through the last 24 hours of pleasure and pain with me, the Gringo Man Dingo. The Cleveland Cavaliers have their backs against the wall. The Indiana Pacers have three games. The Cleveland Cavaliers have three games. Legacy LeBron. LeBron blames LeBooBoo James. LeBooBoo James. Game 7, it's an emergency podcast. This is what it's all about. This is why premium podcasting is the way to go on the I Am Rappaport app. This is not a test. This is not a test. This is not a test. This is an emergency I Am Rappaport exclusive. Exclusive I Am Rappaport only for premium subscribers on the I Am Rappaport app. I told you what we were going to do, and now you are living it. You are breathing it. You are seeing it. Diary of a Mad Fan, okay? This is why we created the app, so we could podcast any place, anytime with special guests. We don't have to... Cut through, cut, we're cutting through all the bullshit. We're cutting through all the red fucking tape. Okay, here I am, alone in the gloom tomb. 
Here I am alone in the gloom tomb. Game seven. This is why I love this form. This is why I podcast. Okay? To be sitting here with the microphone, I actually have on a pair of cashmere sweatpants right now. Okay, if you could visualize me with a pair of black cashmere sweatpants and my wasteland custom one-of-a-kind jersey. That's what I'm wearing right now, if you could picture me. Okay? Alone. Excited. Nervous. A little tentative. But I'm here. It's a diary of a mad fan. Okay, the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast premium podcasting now game seven it's the fucking game seven i have so many feelings about going into this game game seven lebron james cleveland cavaliers versus the indiana pacers so many things go right so many things can go wrong now he gets asked about his legacy all the time and he answers with the bullshit answers Oh, my legacy is this. My legacy isn't just about basketball. My legacy has already been carved out. Bullshit. 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 Okay? If this game doesn't mean anything to you, LeBron James, why the fuck are you playing? Retire. Be done. You've proved enough. We know it means something to you. We also know that if you lose this game seven... In Cleveland versus the Indiana Pacers, you're done. You're finished. You're leaving Cleveland. I don't know where the fuck you're going. Right now, I don't care. But as a gesture of my appreciation and all you've done and all we've been through, all you and I have been through, LeBron James, and we're going to get into that later. We're going to get into what me and you have been through. Exclusive content on what we've been through. We have been through... Some unspoken things. There have been unspoken ramifications of me bringing that broom to Cleveland and me bringing that plunger to Oakland for game five of the NBA Finals last year. Unspoken things have happened. Isn't that true, LeBron? But we all know that you don't want to be bumped out of the first round in your 15th season. We all know that after playing 82 games of regular season basketball, the 89th game, game seven of the first round of the playoffs, you don't want to lose. Cut the bullshit. Cut the bullshit. Okay? Legacy LeBron. LeBooBoo. Those of you who watched game six... You saw him take a little a little hard foul. It wasn't even a hard foul. He ran into a guy's elbow. No foul was called. He got a little cut. He's down on the floor shaking like, oh, oh, oh. Remember the same guy, LeBron James, said, I'm like a football player. 269 pounds of steel, this fucking guy. Little blood. He's fucking down. I've had paper cuts. Literal paper cuts. Kitchen cuts from little knives. More blood. This guy's on the floor like uh, like it's the end of the world. Get the fuck up off the floor and finish the game. You notice, once he got that fucking laboo-boo, it was over. It was over. 269 pounds of Akron, Ohio steel. It was fucking over. And since this can potentially be your last game in Cleveland, LeBron, Out of the bottom of my heart, I went to Box Depot, the packing and shipping supply store right here in the heart of Los Angeles, all packing, all shipping supplies. They got boxes. They got got crates. They got dress boxes. They got dish boxes. They got bubble wrap. They got envelopes. They got peanuts. They got shrink wrap. They got duct tape. They got packing tubes. They got tags. They got three millimeter tape. They got every fucking thing there. Me, Michael Rappaport, the gringo man dingo, the LeBron whisperer, out of the goodness of my heart, went to the shipping and supply store, the shipping packing supply store right here in Los Angeles, and I got you a whole bunch of boxes 
and moving supplies because we all know and I know that it's is over. It's fucking over. And when you lose this game seven, and that is my prediction, that is my final prediction that LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers will lose game seven. When you lose that game, that's it. Pack your shit up with the boxes and crates and the bubble wrap that I am gifting you and get the fuck out of Cleveland. And if I were you, LeBron James, I would get the fuck out of Cleveland the same way the Cleveland Browns got out of Cleveland when they left to go to Baltimore. Get the fuck out in the darkness of the night like an episode of Homeland. Sneak the fuck out of there because people are going to be upset. And I don't want anything to happen to all your belongings. That's why I got you some, literally, literally, I got you some heavyweight moving supplies. You're welcome. Okay, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast Emergency Episode. We talk about legacies. We got predictions. I got great guys. Steven Jackson, El Capitan, Stax, my man, tough, hard-nosed, competitive, gritty, stubborn, relentless, plays with an edge, plays with a chip on his shoulder, champion with the San Antonio Spurs. He will be on this show to answer the two questions. The two questions are, what is your prediction for Game 7, Pacers versus the Cleveland Cavaliers? And what is the biggest game you ever played in, the game that kept you tossing and turning the night before? I got Steven Jackson. I got Deshaun Stevenson. I got Al Harrington. Okay, three guys that have done it at the highest of the highest level. Okay, I want to get their predictions. Okay, and I want to know what is the toughest game they've ever played in. It's very simple, but that's what emergency podcasting is all about. That is what emergency podcasting is all about. And people have been saying to me for the last three, four, five years, what's up with your Knicks? Your Knicks ain't shit. Your bum-ass Knicks. Who's going to coach your bum-ass Knicks? Why don't you stop worrying about LeBron and the Miami Heat? Worry about your bum-ass Knicks. Why don't you stop worrying about LeBron and the Cleveland Cavaliers? Worry about your bum-ass Knicks. Why are you hating, Mike? You're such a hater. Who hurt you, Mike? What you got against LeBron? He goat. Take the L. Move on with your life. You're so miserable, you got to hate on him. Find something better to do. I'm a fan, and this is the diary of a mad fan. If he's so fucking great, why is he at a game seven in the first round of the playoffs? I don't give a fuck about the hating. Give a fuck about the Knicks. Give a fuck about this here game seven. Okay? It's a legacy game. Despite whatever you say. LeBron blames. LeBron blames has emerged and reared his ugly head again. And the culprit, the person he is, he's attacking, one Kevin Love. Poor fucking Kevin Love. Whenever things don't go right for Kevin Love, the greatest player, the quote-unquote self-proclaimed team guy, LeBron James, will stand there in front of the media and throw him under the fucking bus. And he'll do it sideways. All sorts of ways. LeBron blames after game seven. Reared his ugly head, throwing one Kevin Love under the bus once again. That is not some passive, aggressive, artistic stylings of LeBron James. That's just fucking mean. You don't think, you don't think Kevin Love already feels bad enough? You gotta drag him in. You think that's gonna motivate him? You don't think he's motivated enough, LeBron? Pick him up when he's down, you fuck you. You created this monster called the Cleveland Cavaliers. You and only you, you cleared out the entire roster. Okay? That's all you, LeBron James. You couldn't coexist with Kyrie Irving for some reason. It's all you. It's part of being the greatest player in the world. You take the good with the fucking bad. I do it. 
I do it all the time. You think that I chose this shit-talking life? Fuck no. This shit-talking life chose me. Okay? I don't know what that has to do with LeBron James, but I am just telling you there are ramifications of talking shit, and there are ramifications of getting the chosen one tattooed on your back. There are ramifications of anointing yourself the fucking king. It's the way it works. It's big boy problems. All right, coming up, told you. Told you what it was going to be. All right, coming up right now, my first prediction, my man, El Capitan, Steven Jackson, is rocking with me on the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. It's going to be fast. It's going to be furious. It's two questions. What is your prediction for game seven? And what is the biggest game you ever played in? Coming up next. Stack paper. What's going on, my guy? All right, Steven Jackson, how you feeling, my man? Blessed, man. Nothing, ain't nothing going on. Same old, same old. All right, I told you I wasn't going to keep you long. It's a very, very, very important emergency I Am Rappaport stereo podcast. Diary of a mad fan. And I am just a fan, but I know I needed to talk to someone who really did it in the trenches. So I got two questions for you, Stack. Two very simple questions. First question, Game 7, Indiana Pacers, Cleveland Cavaliers, what is your prediction and why? My prediction is LeBron James, and my reason is the Cleveland's going to win, and my reason why is because everybody that play against him, they tend to be starstruck. They don't foul him hard. Everybody's all excited about he finally drew some blood. That was the accident. Yeah, uh, half, half, half the time when LeBron played, uh, the other teams is starstruck. They scared the guard and scared the foul. Even though Oladipo is having a great series, uh, I really don't feel like Lance has really did nothing to disturb LeBron. He's just making a, you know, he, he just he's just trying to be difficult with LeBron, but it, it looks kind of weird. But <laughs> LeBron has been ha- he's, he's having a great game. Uh, they're not doing the right things to try to make LeBron uh, make the game difficult for him while making it hard on him. It's, uh, perfect example: the last game they won in Cleveland. This is why I'm going to be a great coach. There's no way in hell that LeBron is even supposed to catch the ball. As, as, as terrible as Cleveland is, you only have one other guy that can make a shot to win a game, in my mind, that's Jared Smith. Take the ball completely out of LeBron's hands and win the game or go in overtime, but they let the best player in the world get a wide-open shot to win the game. The coaching, the, the competition, and, and, and the just sense of urgency when you're in the playoffs is dead. And uh, it's it's easy to see that LeBron is going to win because they haven't been competing against him like they should or like we would have. All right. You see, see, this is why I fuck with you, Stack. (laughs) This is why I fuck with you. And I know you're laughing because you're so used to being on TV that the response can't be on national TV. This is why I fuck with you, Stack. Uh, And and you know what? I I, 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 I wish I could say this on TV, too. I fuck with you the same way. So you already know. (laughs) So, I mean, listen... I'm not talking about maiming a guy, but simple games in game six, LeBron gave Miles Turner a hard foul. Like he gave him a little forearm, but LeBron and he's incredible. Everybody knows, uh, you know, I can't stand him, but I will sit here and tell you that he's the MVP every season, but he comes through the lane and no one ever gives him. I'm not saying do something illegal, but knock him on his ass. Like one time, the way he knocked Miles Turner down with the little forearm and the foul. Well, and then and then and that's the thing too. That that comes from competing. That comes from being willing to put your body on the line for your teammates. That comes from doing anything to help your team win the game. Now, me personally, if I was on a team, I know I'm not nowhere close to being the athlete that LeBron is. But I I can jump high enough to hit his arm or to knock him down. It's proof, Mike. And uh, I always say this is why, you know, I'm always considered to be a real because I can always I always have proof behind everything I say. LeBron's, I think his first year was 2003 to 2004, if I'm not mistaken. I was playing for the Atlanta Hawks. He was a rookie. He came and tried to dunk on me, and I have footage of it. I grabbed him and slammed him to the ground, and this wasn't even the playoffs. This was regular season. 
you're not about you're not about to embarrass me and I want to win. I'm not I'm not about to let I'm not about to let you dunk on me or any one of my teammates if I can foul you. That was the passion I had for the game. These guys they 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 too concerned about signing with his agent. They too concerned about being his friend in the offseason. They everybody wanted to get on a banana boat. News flash, y'all. There's only room for four people on a banana boat. <laughs> From Car- Carmelo, uh, D-Wade, D- and Chris Paul. Ain't no room for y'all on the banana boat. So stop uh, jerking LeBron off. Uh, stop stop patting him on the back. Look, you're supposed to be competing against him. But at the same time, this is one reason why I will never say LeBron is better than Mike. Mm. Because Jordan went through a harder time. He, the, the competition was better. Now, don't get me wrong. The talent is better now, mm. but the comp- the competition was better back then. I tell people this all the time. Michael Jordan is by far the best ever to play the game. But I want my kids to be like LeBron. Mm. Why do you say you want your kids to be like LeBron? I want my kids to be like LeBron because as an athlete, as a human being, as a father, as a black man, he has done everything right. This is what a lot of people don't talk about with LeBron. I agree. With his family-wise, with his wife, growing up with his wife, uh, raising his kids, speaking up on issues mm-hmm. that Michael Jordan and them still don't speak on, uh, uh, the, the stuff he does and, and how he uses it, it, it's, uh, it, his stardom, he uses it the, as, as the best as any other star. And this is one thing that I, I salute him on because every player in the NBA, especially from the hood, has all tried this, and LeBron the only one to get it right, Mike. He's the only one in NBA history, in my mind, to get it right. We've all came in the NBA. We're trying to bring our friends and our homeboys along, trying to give them situations, get them a job, put them in situations to make money because we're in that situation. Mm-hmm. Well, 98% of the NBA has failed. Mm. And, I'm, and I'm even saying with myself, I failed. Mm-hmm. Because I've spent so much, wasted so much money on trying to help friends and do things the right way when I had no blueprint or no plan how to do it. Mm-hmm. I just felt like as much as I love my friends and I had money, then money was going to help us figure out how to get it done. It don't work that way. LeBron and his friends, they did it the right way. Not only did he put them in positions to be successful and be millionaires, but they decided to go to school and get degrees on their own. Mm-hmm. And then came back to LeBron with, get with, uh, with, with business plans and game plans to help them when LeBron was already in a situation to help him. So he's the only person. You, you can talk to a million NBA players. Allen Iverson, me. Uh, Bonzi Wells, whoever brought friends along, because we all have. None of our friends are here today mm. in positions that 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 are successful or are more successful than us. It ain't a knock against my friends. It ain't a knock against me. It was just we was we didn't know how to do it. We had no blueprint from it. We 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 didn't handle it the right way. LeBron did it. Through, him and his friends did it the right way. So when I sat with my children to look up to LeBron and be like LeBron, because LeBron did everything the right way. Didn't have a father. That was an excuse. Uh, uh, came out of high school. They, they what they say when you come out of high school. They're not ready to handle money. He's done everything the right way, and I, I want my kids to. I want LeBron, if he could, to make a blueprint of his life because the kids these days need to see it and learn how to do it the right way. I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I, I respect. I respect the shit out of him as a star, as an outspoken star, and the responsibility of it and all that it comes with. Because, but I, I, I might, I might, but I don't mean because. Of, but we're saying that. He's the only star in the NBA that has to be told he's great. That's the only knock on him. Right, if he don't, if he don't, if he don't hear the media or his teammates saying he's great, then he gonna get on Instagram and post his post his stats saying, "Well, at least I did my part." That's the only thing I, I don't like about LeBron. Like he pat himself on the back too much. When me personally and other people that's on TV pat him on the back enough, I know I don't talk about nobody more than LeBron. I pat him on the back all the time. He's the only star that I've seen, and with my own eyes especially being the best in the NBA, that has to tell himself that he's great. I totally agree. And that's why he drives me crazy. And just as a fan, that's the thing that people don't get. Like, why you hate? I'm like, yo, I'm a fan of this shit. Um, All right, I promise I wasn't going to keep you long. Second question. (laughs) You played uh, so many games, so many big games, playoff games, playoff ramification games, championship games. Um. Uh, revenge games, all sorts of games. If I had to say to you, Stephen Jackson, what, looking back at your NBA career, what is the biggest game of your career, the game that may have kept you up at night a little longer than you wanted to, and what was the results of it? Well, I, you know, it, it, would, it, it would be easy to say 
you know, the big threes I hit on our, on our playoff run in 2000 the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, you know, Tim Duncan, you know, a lot of people know that know the game. Spurs wouldn't have won that championship without me at all. Uh, I, I was the third lead scorer. I hit all the big shots that year. And uh, I just never got my props for it because they was so concerned about three guys getting the props, Ginobili, Tony, and Tim. Well, Tim Duncan gave me my props. And that, and I, 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 Tim, Tim Duncan and Steve Kerr, Steve Smith, all the older guys, they gave me my props, so I was cool. But my, but my, I think my biggest game was uh, game six, to, uh, the deciding game to when we was um, an eight seed and Dallas was the number one seed. Mm. I think the game, the game six, the deciding game of that first round series, where uh, one seed was never beaten by eight seed in the seven game series. This was the first time I had I had the seven eight threes, almost thirty some points. In the Golden and, State game, in that Golden State game, the deciding game to knock the number one seed out. I think that's that's something I think about more and I watch more because not only did Don Nelson said, you know, he's the winning of winning this coach of all time. He said that uh, after that game, one of the best compliments I've ever got, he said, if I had my choice, even though I'm the winningest coach, if I had my choice, I would like five Steven Jacksons on my team. Mm. That's, a hell of a, that's a hell of a compliment coming from the, the winningest coach of all time. And probably my favorite, probably my, the best point guard I've ever played with, probably my top two teammates, Baron Davis. I think after that game, uh, that was the same season, Mike, uh, that I had gotten to the shootout in Indiana before I got traded to Golden State. So people were saying so much bad stuff about me. He was a thug. He'd been in trouble with the brawl, not a shooting at the club, all this stuff. And after that game, it was it was it was the biggest stage I've ever been on, probably the best I played in the playoffs. Mm. And Baron and Baron Davis came on, on the ESPN when they asked him, like a lot of people say a lot about Steven Jackson, a lot about his off court stuff and all this stuff, but they never mentioned how good of a basketball player he is. That's that that series and those two compliments are something I hold on to more than anything in my career. The ring more, that's more than anything. That's dope. That's dope. All right, Stack. I told you it was gonna be fast, easy, uh a podcast. Um Diary of a Mad Fan, game seven. Uh I, I had to come to you first and uh, we'll we'll see what happens. And of course, you know, we're gonna be rocking all summer with the big three. Yeah, Mike, you, uh, one thing about it, man, it's very few people. I pick up when they call. You know, anytime you call me, I'm there, my brother. Oh fuck, man! I fuck with you so hard, Stack. And this summer, can I get some? Can I get some 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 barbecue pasta, man? I, I I'm like reading like this like infamous barbecue pasta. Can I get some barbecue pasta like ASAP or what? Hey, when I when I when I come to LA or whatever city we're in, I'm gonna sit down. Now you know, um, me and my family we stop eating meat, so we we eating the uh veg the uh the veggie based stuff, the veggie based meat. It tastes just like it. You got to see. I'm gonna make you some veggie-based barbecue spaghetti, and you're gonna fall in love with it. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to do it, Stack. I got you, my man. Anytime, my man. I'll talk to you soon, Stack. Okay, Mike. One hundred, my bro. I am Rappaport Podcast. I told you I was gonna give you exclusive content. Okay, and I don't fuck around. I don't mislead. I don't missell anything. Okay, do it for the honey. Not for the money. Do it for the honey, not for the money. Last year, you saw us. Okay, we were out there in Cleveland. It was me and the Dust Brothers. I don't know why Moody couldn't make it out there. Okay, but we had the two-man weave. It was me and Kenyon Martin. We were in Cleveland. Okay, for game three. Game three of the NBA Finals. You all know the history. You've heard it many times. It's, it's, it's a, 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 an iconic moment in NBA Final history. Game three, I walked into the fucking arena with a heavyweight broom that I bought in Cleveland. It dawned on me. Me and the Dust Brothers were eating at a cafe. It dawned on me. They're going to sweep these fucking guys. The Warriors are going to sweep the Cleveland Cavaliers. This is only game three. But why not start tidying up the fucking joint now? Let's tidy up the joint now. Went into the arena with that fucking broom. Okay? Watch the warm-ups. You've heard the story before. You've heard the story before. Watch the warm-ups. Made con- I made eye contact with Clay Thompson. He looked at me like I was batshit crazy. He looked at me like he was batshit crazy. But I saw him break a smile. He shook his head like, what the fuck are you doing? I looked at him like, I'm here to clean up shit. You guys are about to sweep these fucking guys. Okay? We all know they didn't sweep them. Somehow, some way, the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, kept some shred 
some itty-bitty tiny shred of dignity, and they won game four. But I will tell you something I have never told anybody before. By the time I got to my seat in that arena with the Dust Brothers, Miles Davis and Jordan Winter, the producers of this here I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, this being an emergency episode of the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, exclusive on the I Am Rapport app. By the time I got there, I got a text from somebody at the NBA. They said, what the fuck are you doing? They said, what the fuck are you doing? We got a phone call from that guy. The implied guy was one LeBron blames. That's a fact. Ten minutes after being in the arena with that broom, The NBA was made aware of me having the broom. I didn't mean no harm. I'm a fucking fan. Listen, I talk all the shit that I talk. I'm a fan. I would never disparage or disrespect anybody to their face. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Well, nobody in Cleveland had a problem with it. None of the fans have a problem with it. They taunted me. No one one cursed at me. They thought it was funny. They got a kick out of it. They know that I'm a fan. They want them to win. I want them to lose. That's what sports are for. That's what it's all about. This is, we're not in a, a war. This is in North Korea, South Korea. But his people called the NBA. They said, you better get that fucking broom out of the arena. I was reprimanded. I was reprimanded after the game. I was warned, do not bring a fucking broom back to game four. I said, I'm not going to be at game four. Infamously, it was announced in that arena. Was it Quicken Loans? (laughs) This is a fact. Look it up. There will be no brooms allowed into the arena. They call that the Rappaport rule. Well, I don't know if they actually call it the Rappaport rule, but I I, I would like to think they call it the Rappaport rule because I was the only person in there with a broom. Game five, Oakland, Golden State Warriors at home, the closeout game. Well, okay, if I can't bring a broom into the arena and they didn't actually sweep them, We got to bring a plunger. We got to bring a fucking plunger to the arena. Walking around earlier that day with with, with a heavyweight plunger that I purchased, I put up either a Snapchat story or an Instagram story of me with the broom three hours before the game, four hours before the game. It was broad daylight. Take a cab to the arena. While we were entering the arena via the cab, you know, the, the the parking lot, We're still in the cab. I get another text. Somebody works in the NBA. They said, Michael, you're not bringing that fucking plunger into Oracle Arena. If you bring that fucking plunger into the arena, your credentials, your NBA credentials will be taken away. I I don't want no fucking problems. I don't want any fucking problems. The moral and the point of why I am sharing this story with you, the listeners, the hard body karate listeners of the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. I'm going to tell you something. I haven't even told Miles fucking Jordan. The NBA, since that incident with the broom, no invites for me, the gringo man dingo. Nothing. No parties. No nothing. You know why? Because motherfucking LeBron James complained about it. He complained about the fucking broom. This isn't my instinct. This is a fact. This is a fact. I don't like it. It might be cleaned up at some point. I know people that know him that know his people. We could clean it up. We could have a sit down or not. I could apologize or not. Been to plenty of games. I have relationships with plenty of players. But as far as all the uh, celebrity NBA games, you see I wasn't invited this year. First time in years. Parties, this, that, and the other, sanctioned NBA events, wasn't invited because of this fucking guy. I'm like on a, uh, I'm like on a little list. I'm not on like a no-fly list, but I'm on one of those unspoken lists. Like, uh, we're not fucking with him right now for right now. Oh, oh, we gave up all our tickets for right now for right now. Eh? Okay? So uh, this person that they put on a pedestal, LeBooBoo, uh, uh, Legacy LeBron, LeBron blames, yeah. it's fucking personal, or not, it ain't really personal, listen, I'm a fan, I'm a fan, I love it, but it doesn't really dictate uh, 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 my life, I love it, step on toes, that is part of being the MVP of talking trash, some 
times you step on toes, and I've learned that throughout my life, it's fine. It's fucking fine. But what I just told you about the broom, about the plunger, and LaBooBoo James, it's a fact. It's not hearsay. It is a fucking fact. I am the bad boy. Okay? I am the motherfucking true blue bad boy of shit talking and podcasting. I am Rappaport Podcast. Five minutes, right? Five minutes. Two questions for the great Brian Scalabrini. We are now recording. It's the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Diary of a Mad Fan. Game 7. Indiana Pacers versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. You, of course, sideline, I don't know, reporter, analyst of your own Boston Celtics. But we're not here to talk about this. Five minutes. Two questions, Scout. The two questions are, number one, you got it. who will win the Cleveland Cavaliers Indiana Pacers game seven. Number two, what is the biggest game you ever played in, the game that kept you up a little later than you wanted to the night before? Question number one, what is your prediction for game seven, Mr. Mamba? Okay, so I think uh, Cleveland will be better defensively than they were in that building. Indiana's a tough environment, especially coming off the goaltend. So I go, I go Cavs at home getting it done. Obviously, LeBron, big night. But I actually have Kevin Love having a big night as well. Mm. Cavs win game seven. Are you surprised that series went to seven games? No. I'm actually, once I saw game one when they lost, when Cleveland lost, you know, and LeBron had that record of all those games in a row, I knew it was going to be a dogfight. Because Indiana, the one thing, Bogdanovich, Thaddeus Young, Victor Oladipo, they didn't get punked by LeBron. Mm. They They didn't have that look in their eyes that they were afraid of LeBron, and especially Bogdanovich uh, in game three. He, it's just some guys are afraid, and, and you, they act like they're not, and they try to be tough, And uh, but but some guys aren't, and Indiana has not been afraid of LeBron this series. But it is game seven, and LeBron's been there before. If he, I say that, if he wants to win, if he wants to continue in the playoffs, he will get it done. Second question for the White Mamba, NBA champion. What is, I know you played in a bunch of them, so it's hard to single them out. It's like picking, picking a child. But if, if I, if gun to your head or podcast microphone to your head, <laughs> being held to your head by me, if I had to say to you, what is the biggest game of your career, win, lose, or draw that kept you up at night? The night before that, that you 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 were a little bit antsy about that you had butterflies in your stomach that that a professional isn't used to having butterflies in their stomachs for. What's the biggest game of your career and what was the result? Uh, so, you know, like there's times when we're into big games and I'm not going to play. You understand that, right? But there are times when I knew I was going to play. For instance, uh, Game Seven at home against Orlando when we had him on the ropes in game six, uh, we ended up losing that game. Uh, game five in Detroit, when I was like in the rotation, we ended up winning that game. But the reality is, Mike, I'm not really like that. I don't, I ain't going to lose sleep over what's about to happen. Mm. Now that doesn't mean that retrospectively, I don't look back and lose sleep over what I did, but I ain't going to lose sleep over what's about to happen. I ain't going to be, so excited that I'm not going to go to sleep because for me, I'm like that all the time. Anytime I get a chance to hoop, I'm excited about hooping. So I'm not, I'm excited about a Tuesday night against the Charlotte Hornets. Just like I'm excited about a playoff game. That's not going to, I'm not going to worry about it, but you know, we come up with a big win or we, you know, especially when you lose, that's going to make me lose sleep because you'll go over every play in your mind. But Going into what's about to happen, I'm really into the – I stay in the moment. I don't look back. I more look forward. I got you. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um. All right, listen, Mamba. I told you it wasn't going to be long. I could start, you know, doubling down on what you said. I could start, <laughs> you know, going into all different, all different, uh, uh, you know, questions and answers on just, just, the, just the short spurts that you gave me. But I promise you, be short and be sweet. Wait, what's this podcast called? What this is, is called. The Diary of a Mad Fan, Game 7, the Cavaliers versus the Pacers. And, and I will just leak something to you, Scal. Um, 
Because I, we all know that if LeBron James loses this game, he will be leaving Cleveland out of the goodness of my heart. And you know me as a good-natured, generous person. I've paid for meals and watched you eat like a savage in front of me. You know I'm very generous. <laughs> out, of, out of the generosity of my, ha- my heart, uh, Brian, I went to a, a packing and shipping supply store here in Los Angeles, and I got LeBron James crates, boxes, and all the shipping supplies he will need to depart Cleveland. Don't you think that's very nice and I should be commended for that? I mean, if you really, if you really cared, you'd help him move. You'd help him pack his stuff. Like- hey, listen, I'm fucking busy, Scal. I'm I'm working. I'm trying to make a, a, a living here. Okay, I'm not, I'm not uh-huh. packing his stuff for him, but I got him the supplies. That's more than a lot of people, so-called quote unquote fans, have done. I got him duct tape, masking tape. Huh? I think he's out too. But where's he going? And Beat said he doesn't want him. He said oh, we don't need anybody else. Did he say that? Yeah, where have you been, Mr. Man fans, Man Cam, <laughs> whatever? I didn't I, – you know what? I honestly don't think he'll go to Philadelphia, number one, because uh, uh, the ball is already being dominated by, I think, the next version of LeBron, uh, yeah. Ben Simmons. Uh, number two, I don't think that just because they're doing well, he's just going to jump on the bad wagon, and I don't think that it's in his plans to finish his career as a Philadelphia 76er. So, right, so I, what, do you, what do you got? Give me one team and then hang up. And then hang up. I'm going to give you one team and then I'm going to hang up on you, okay? Yeah. I, I yeah. got the Los Angeles Lakers. All right. I'm out. I'll talk to you soon, my man. You got it. See ya. I am Rappaport Podcast. D-Steve. What's up? It's Mike Rapp. What's going on, man? <laughs> I'm chilling, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. On the way back from uh, my daughter's soccer game. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it short and sweet with you, D. Steve. It's an emergency. I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Diary of a Mad Fan. Game Seven. Cavaliers versus the Indiana Pacers. You, of course, won the ring with the Dallas. Mavericks, when you guys took down the Miami Heatles, the two questions I have for you, D-Steve, are this. Number one, who will win Game 7, Cavaliers versus the Indiana Pacers, and why? And number two, when you look back at all the big games that you played in throughout your career, what is the, the one game that you say is the biggest, the one that kept you up a little bit longer than you chose to be the night before? First question, Who's winning Game 7, Pacers versus the Cavaliers? You know LeBron James very well. You were a LeBron agitator. You were a LeBron stopper. You were all, like, it, it, LeBron brought out the best in you because, of course, he's so great. Yeah, he's really good. I got to give it to him now, he is. Uh, <laughs> I love this fucking for game, guy. Um, for Game 7, I would have to give it to LeBron just because um, they're at home. Uh, he got the cut over the eye, and they got pretty sh- they got bad, stink bad last night. Was it last night or the day before? To a day before. Yeah. So I take that. Um, my basketball, probably most memorable game, probably is game six in Miami. I couldn't really walk that well because my knee was like uh, swollen. Um, I had to get a shot uh, before the game. Damn. Um, yeah, I had to get a shot in my butt, actually. Uh, right before the game and uh, end up having uh, five for six for three points. Man, oh, man. Yeah, 13 points, only missed one shot out of 11 minutes. When you you play in games like that, like, when does it become just a game when you're playing? Like, at at one point, do you guys just start playing ball? Like, like during National Anthem and the warm-ups and the night before, is there a little bit more pep in your step? I think it's stepping and step with me is when the when the actual ball goes up the tip. I think everything before them for me, you know, I get stomach get tight, gotta use the bathroom, little anxious, anxiety. As soon as I see that ball go up and uh you get you know, actually in, inside the game, it's actually you go back to your childhood days and it's just like shooting a shot when I was in third grade. And you guys are just balling. We just for me at that moment, I'm just balling. 
when 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 you're in those type of games, can you tell whether it's teammates, opponents? I don't want to use the word fear, but can you can you feel it from from guys? You know, whether they're on your team or opponents, that guys that just don't want the ball, don't don't want to be out there, like just don't want any part of it. Can, can, is that a parent? I mean, it's crazy, yeah. Because I, you know, watching my kids play, my son and my daughter. I can see plays where they take, you know, time off or they just don't want that shot. I think any guy that's actually a woman that's playing professional athletes, we go through this, those type of situations. You can see who wants the ball, who wants the shot, who wants that moment. And like a person like me, when I was playing defense, I, I use those type of, uh, you know, those situations for my antics on defense. I can see who doesn't want the ball, who doesn't want the big shot. Um, I, I have a sense for that. Um, all right. I told you it was going to be short. I told you it was going to be sweet. I hear a little cute little baby crying in the background. Yeah, that's Boogie right there. I, I can't <laughs> wait to see them. <laughs> I can't wait to see them for, for this summer for the big three. I know you, I know you're going to yeah. be ready. Are you doing a, are you, are you doing a commentating for the big three still? Oh, of course. Of course. I'm not going anywhere. I, I can't wait. Uh, I don't know. I'm if, about to say, cause I, man, we need you there. I mean, you was killing it last year. Oh, don't worry. I'm going to be there the whole, the whole time. I can't wait. All right. I'll see you this summer, June 22nd. All right, cool, D-Steve. I appreciate you rocking me on this emergency podcast, and I'll see you soon. Tell your family I said what's up. Man, I appreciate it. I will. All right, the show. Bye. I am Rappaport Podcast. All right. Say I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Straight out of Jersey. Al, this is an emergency podcast, okay? It's Diary of a Mad Fan. You know I love my basketball. You know, I respect all you guys. It's game seven with Al Harrington, straight out of Jersey. Two questions for you, Al, okay? Two simple questions. The Indiana Pacers, your former team, one of your former teams, playing game seven against the Cleveland Cavaliers, led by one LeBron James. I know you watch the games. You follow the games. Who will win that game? Second question is, out of all the big games you played in, when you look back on your illustrious career, I want to know what is the one game you would say the biggest game you played in was? What were the results? The game that sort of kept you up a little bit later than you wanted to the night before, the game that gave you butterflies like a kid on Christmas. First question, who will win game seven and why? Well, number one, I mean, you know, obviously I do have, you know, ties to Indiana being that they drafted me. And, you know, with that being said, you know, I got to have some sense of loyalty to them. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I just can't see LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers losing on their home floor. You know, and I and also I got a couple guys on that team, too, that are my people, like Teron Lou and J.R. Smith. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to pick the Cavs for this one. How good is LeBron James? I mean... I, I've seen I, I, I've seen him do some things in this playoffs, just just in these six games that have played so far, that I can't even believe. Like in that one play where he was dribbling a ball up the court and Lance was guarding him full court, cut past him, went left, and then banged it on somebody. I'm like, I never seen nobody do that. Like that's like right. high school shit. It is, man. It's like a man among boys. So like for me, I mean, I feel like you know he's one of the top two players that ever played the game. Period. It's him and Mike. And I don't think there's any other discussion, but besides them two. Yeah, I have to agree, man. I have to agree. He, he, that doesn't mean I have to like it. I wasn't sitting there in the garden when, when Michael Jordan was was abusing my Knicks, sitting there uh, clapping for him, just like I'm not sitting there clapping for this guy. All right, so your prediction is you're predicting that Game 7, LeBron James will lead his Cleveland Cavaliers past your former team that drafted you, your Indiana Pacers, you're going on record saying that this is the worldwide phenomenon. It's an emergency podcast, Al. I already know, but yeah, I mean, I think even if he needs to get 60 points, he'll Jesus. do it to win this game. Um, all right, I told you it was going to be short and sweet. Second question, when you look back at your career and you played in a bunch of big games, playoff games, playoff ramification games, uh, you know, grudge match games, what do you, like when you, if you had to say one game, you know, podcast microphone held to your head. What would be the biggest game of your career, win, lose, or draw, when you look back on it all? I mean, I guess when I think about it, it's like my last, well, not my last playoffs. The playoffs when I was with Denver the last year I was there, just, you know, 
going into a game seven with the Lakers. And, uh, you know, all the Marvel, you know, being there playing against Kobe, playing and Staples and just having, you know, all that pressure was definitely one of the games where, you know, I definitely stayed up, watched extra film. And, you know, for that series, I broke my nose, I think, in the first first game. So, like, you know, after I broke my nose, I pretty much wasn't playing at the same level. But I just knew in this game seven, the team really needed me because they were depending on me most of the year. So, that game, I came, I think I had like 27, but we came up a little short just because we were surprised that Kobe trusted his teammates and he decided to pass the ball that night. Uh-huh. And, you know, he made, he made passes that beat us. It wasn't that, you know, Kobe's corn beat, you know, beat us that soon. Was that always a thing? Like, yo, Kobe's gonna try to go ham on his own. Like, was when you when you when you were playing against him in in, in that series and throughout your career, was that like something that would sort of be game planned? Like, if he'll sort of involve his teammates, or if not, and 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 what the ramifications, good bad, would be? Yeah, I mean, you just always know Kobe. Always feel like you know he can do it all by himself. You know what I mean? If you and, and you know being in that series, you know. You know, the stuff that people don't see on TV and when we're out the experience while we're playing, he's cussing them out. You know what I'm saying? When they're missing shots or they're missing balls and stuff like that, he's going crazy on them. So, you know, for us, you know, seeing that, we're thinking like there's no way in hell he's going to trust these dudes. You know what I'm saying? He's going to put it all on his back, kind of how I feel like LeBron needs to do tomorrow night against Indiana. But, you know, he trusted his teammates. You know, he made Powell a better player that night. And, uh, you know, and that was the difference in us losing that game. All right, Al. Listen, I told you it's going to be short and sweet. We we have to do the full Al Harrington I Am Rapport Stereo podcast, but we got to do that face-to-face, okay? We we, we have sure. to do that. I know you're getting in shape uh, for the big three. It's going to be a fantastic summer, um, and, and, and I can't wait to see you uh, out there doing your thing. Of course, I'll be roaming the sidelines, telling it like it is, okay? I'll be telling it like it is and playing with kids in between games, okay? So so if you're if you if you come back and you're kicking ass like you were last season, great. I'll call it as it is. If I see you know you lost a step, I'm gonna say something right to you, okay? Because you're from Jersey and that's the way I that's how I'm gonna respect you and treat you like that. And that's all I expect from you. If you do anything other than that, then me and you gonna have an issue. All right, Al, I appreciate you rocking with me real quick, and it's gonna be a fun game. I'm rooting for the Pacers, as you know, my man. I already know. All right, right. Well, uh, we'll see you in the next round, Cleveland and Toronto. Uh, yeah. All right, I'll talk to you soon, Al. <laughs> I don't. My dude. All right, yo, I want to thank you guys for rocking with me. Emergency podcast, first of many, Stephen Jackson, Brian Scalabrini, Deshaun Stevenson, Al Harrington. Thank you so much. Impromptu, Diary of a Mad Fan, I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Just know... Pleasure and pain, whether they win or lose, I will be live on the I Am Rapport app, premium app. Fuck all that other social media, exclusive for the fans. You guys get me, you understand me. If they win, you see my pleasure. If the Cavaliers lose, you see my pain. I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, Miles Jordan, take me out of here with something funky. (laughs) 